Alrighty. Okay. Guess I'll go first. Hey, everybody. Beatrice the Cosplay, uh, also known as Cal or Kelsey, depending. And go ahead, everybody else. Start off with Dom. Hey, Dominican Knight or Mo. Um, you know, just enjoying uh, talking about all nerdy kind of stuff and ready to get into it. So, uh, ready when you guys are. We got Ed, we got Michael, yep. Tanner with yep. us. Um, we're going to head into the WBDC conversation here um, that Kelsey's been filling me in the last few months. Um, yeah, Kelsey, you want to take it away? Sure, yeah. The uh, promo image was a little misleading, so this is going to be more of a retrospective event mm. going back 10 years to the very beginning of the DCEU. So the DCEU was already, I don't want to say falling behind since falling behind is kind of has negative connotations, but they were attempting to play catch up already when Man of Steel released in 2013 because the MCU had already started with Iron Man in 2008 and they were already well on their way to establishing what their universe was going to look like, who it was going to be populated by, what the directing styles were going to be, what the writing styles were going to be, etc. So when Man of Steel came out, it was already on its back foot for a number of reasons. And chief of those was the bizarrely antagonistic audience response to Zack Snyder as a person, which, which started even before DC. It, it started back in his 300 Watchmen days. For some reason, irregardless of the quality of the films, regardless of the reception of the films, there was just this bizarrely antagonistic response to him as a person which was already covering, like coloring the reception of Man of Steel. Man of Steel was a very well-received film. It, like, irrespective of anything you see online from nerd channels and that sort of thing, it was well-received. People liked this new take on Superman. It was very popular and it did very well financially, despite what you may hear from various biased nerd channels. So it did absolutely fine. It was totally fine, but as the MCU continued to grow in their direction, the executives of WB, which we will get into later, that's, that's <laughs> a great little tasty tidbit on the side, um, they started getting nervous. They saw their step one of their universe, introduction of Superman, and they said, this isn't moving fast enough. We need to move faster. You need to, instead of doing the sequel to Man of Steel, you need to do the Justice League lead up right now, immediately, ASAP. And that's that's not how you build a cinematic universe. You don't do one entry and then cram everything in into the pre-Avengers event. Mm -hmm. That that's not how you how you build a functional universe, at least. Yet Snyder and all of his collaborators, Christopher Nolan, every uh, Rocio, all the writers, they did their best. And the result was BBS in 2016. BBS was received divisively. And there is a number of reasons for that. 
when it came out, it was intentionally mismarketed. This was coming down from the very top. They wanted to market it as this bust em up, popcorn flick, who's going to win versus blah, 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 blah. Whereas the actual product was more akin to a political thriller because when the year started in 2013, this is more of a grounded reality take on the superhero genre versus the more elevated comic rip right from the comic books style of the MCU. And that that has nothing to do, that's an entirely subjective viewpoint, whether or not it's good, it's bad, it's whatever. It's someone's take on these characters. All 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 takes on these characters are valid. Every every film that's come out in the canon is a valid take on the characters. Mm -hmm. But they intentionally mismarketed it so everyone was going in with false expectations so of course the response is going to be divisive to something that you were essentially lied to about what you were going to see on screen so i, I think actually it's it's um you know as a fan and someone actually without knowing the inner workings obviously of, of some of the stuff of some of the more behind the scenes stuff uh, with the exception of you know what what's on you know uh, a lot of internet sheets and and sort of uh articles and stuff like that um it you know just as a from a consumer perspective it was the movies were they did feel like that was exactly uh what you stated casey kelsey was it was very much a hey um we've got to catch up we got to catch up we got to catch up versus hey how do we go ahead and actually just do sort of our own thing and build up to those characters and and man of steel you know with the starting point i think actually i have you know um, I have friends who are huge Superman fans. Um, someone who's been on the podcast quite a bit, actually, is also a huge Superman fan. She uh, does does not care for Man of Steel. Um, I liked it. I, 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 me, myself, I like the nuance approach. I like the nuance approach to, um, to Paul Kent, where he felt more human to me. He felt more like a person who was just like, hey... If you have a kid and your kid was an alien and, and there's a possibility that them going out into the world, you know, means that they might be, you know, picked apart and ridiculed or, or, or dissected, you know, take that however you want to. It is actually something that as a parent, you know, you would you would second guess whether or not you want your child to display their their talent or being special. I feel like that's the same thing any parent who has a child say for example in 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 um in show business there's a possibility that they go out there and they might get rejected and they might get laughed at and they might get so there's a protectiveness with that um but yeah i mean i think actually the 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 going back to the, to the point about the movies is that yeah, it felt like there was a game of catch up. It was exactly that. They were like, "Yeah, we want to catch up. We want to be. We don't want to be left in the lurch. We got to catch up to what Marvel's doing." Um, and that was a handicap. It it wasn't going to. It wasn't going to end well. I think actually, from a strategic perspective, it wasn't going to end well because you're having, you know, you're you're, you're trying to copy something that someone else is doing, and not 
you know, and, and it doesn't suit necessarily the, the themes or, or the, the, the universe you're trying to build. See, exactly. Thank you for all that because I'm sorry, yeah. they hired Zach to be the architect of this new universe and immediately hamstrung him because all of a sudden orders from the top down are ketchup, 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 go faster, go faster, go faster. And it's like, if y'all had just committed to the ideas that the guy you hired was bringing to the table, you would have been fine. You would have been fine. But no, they were too afraid to take risks. They were too obsessed with chasing the Marvel money. And that's where it landed them. Can, can so, I buy it? Sorry, go ahead. Fun facts. So originally, it wasn't Man of Steel wasn't the first film they actually wanted to play, start off from. It was actually Green Lantern. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Green Lantern. That's where they started from originally. That's when they went to kick off the actual DCE from there. But yeah. since it didn't do too good and everything like that, they went. That's where they turned towards Zack Snyder, and Zack Snyder came with his vision with Man of Steel and started to uh, give birth to it from there. Hence, while we, us, the viewers, saw it from 2013. But let's let's hypothetically think about this right now. If Green Lantern did well and blew up in the box office, how it did, think of the trajectory they would have went from that direction. Because they would open up for the whole new world. They gave a good end, end credit scene with Mark Strong putting on the ring of fear, seeing himself as Sinestro. And all of us as the audience thinking, oh, this can go well. But since the box office didn't, um reflects what the film was supposed to be doing they were okay cool this go a whole different direction mm -hmm. and that's where the tailspin of chasing the mcu try to do rush through this oh oh let's not take no more risks now because we did it with green lantern now let's try and let's hold it let's hold it in with man of steel they got to be afraid of man of steel because it was getting some backlash but it was also doing well at the same time they're thinking oh we don't know where to go with this let's let's put in let's throw in batman everyone loves batman you understand hence why the batman versus superman uh market marketing started when we first heard about it in the uh, san diego comic-con that's where it kicked up from there and when this when they heard that little buzz from there they went okay cool let's go with this let's run with it let's run with it let's run with it you know what i, I don't know sorry i should be swearing but fuck it let's go there let's go with justice league because they liked the like the BVS did okay because it survived with Batman, but we introduced Wonder Woman as well and <coughs> slightly gave some nuggets to other superheroes there to give them a little Easter egg of letting them know this what was happening next. Because figure it this way, I agree with everything that you guys have said so far, Kelsey, and you don't. I hear what you're saying, but the risk they took, yeah, it plummeted from Green Lantern. And mm -hmm. when it when it came from Green Lantern, they went, okay, we can't take any more any more risks now because we will put all our all our cards in this one here, thinking that Ryan Reynolds will be a good Kickstarter for the DCEU, especially it started started out from space or well, going to Earth, but started off in space to make it a bigger thing. But it didn't work for us. Let's hire Zack Snyder because he has a bit of vision. Zack Snyder gave him a good pitch. Zack Snyder will give anyone a good pitch. Look what he's doing currently, with Rebel Moon. He's that's a two-parter. Originally, that's supposed to be a one movie. You understand? Mm. One long movie, but they're cutting it in two halves. Zack Snyder's quick with doing whatever he needs to do. So it just went down the hill when they're trying to catch up with someone else that's 
are really far ahead of them. Personally, if they stuck to their to their to their decisions, start start doing things like going, okay, cool. We've got the Flash, we've got Batman, we've got Superman, we've got Green Lantern here. Cool, we fucked up a Green Lantern, but there's there's four other people. So you know what? Let's go with let's go mess up with Hal Jordan. Let's fo- let's focus on Ryan Reynolds. I mean, um, uh, sorry, um, Guy Gardner. Okay, we mess up with Guy Gardner. Let's focus on uh, Don Stewart. Okay, cool. We didn't look, weren't doing well with these ones there. Let's focus on another version of Green Lantern Corps. In fact, let's go back to the let's go back to the beginning. Let's focus on Alan Scott. That's a whole different. That's rekindling in a whole different way. Then maybe we can focus on doing Earth Prime from Earth Two. There's mm-hmm. so many different versions that could have gone, but they were so scared of making any more creative decisions on terms of risks. They just threw it away. Think of it this way. Remember that time they were talking about new gods. Yeah. New gods. If you when they went to new gods, I went crazy. I went crazy because think of it this way. In my head, I'm thinking this could be a lead up to a crisis event, and we all know how DC can't help but do a crisis event one way or another. Because DC does so many crisis. How many crisis series are they? Oh, they tried it with the Flash recently. They tried a crisis yeah. with the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> CGI. I would have liked a real Nick Cage Superman. I'm just saying, put him in there. I don't care what he looks like now. Don't give me that weird plastic, uncanny valley <laughs> Nick Cage. I need the real deal, Nick Cage. Caging yeah. it up. Anyway, so, 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 me, so yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, gone. So my question, my question is, um, uh, for Kelsey or anyone can answer it. The the BVS idea, the concept for that movie actually. Um, was in uh, I Am Legend, right? Oh, yes, it was. There was a little Easter egg nugget there when it showed it. a little logo. But it was a logo, but it, didn't show, it wasn't more like Batman versus Superman. It was just Batman and Superman. Okay, yeah, it, so it was just one of the usual time, like the uh, yeah. team ones. Okay, yeah. So, that, I mean, that idea was been has been stirring over there for quite some time. Oh, yeah. But figure it this way, yeah. Batman, Superman, they're be like they're basically the world's finest in terms of the DC universe. They're like these two are the both are the head honchos in their own right. Everyone can agree to that, right? In terms yeah. of DC universe, like yeah. no matter what universe there is, there there has to be some sort of Kryptonian and some sort of Gotham Knight that has to suffer or go through some kind of strife, right? Mm-hmm. If figure it this way, let's let's spin it around things, yeah. Look look at how Justice League the cartoon started. Yeah. Before how did that start originally? It started off with the Batman animated series, right? Then Superman animated series. Then eventually, because the, the Tim the, the Bruce Teamverse was doing so well, they went, let's introduce Justice League. Yeah. Back in 2001 for me. I was happy watching that every every time it came up on the I'm clock. still watching Unlimited right now, actually. You see? Yeah. But that started, but that started from somewhere. And if they followed that methodology of introducing the audience to the Justice League with a, a narrative, a story of introducing all these type of characters, because think of it this way: the audience didn't, didn't get to see an animated version of the Flash for art like in like in an early what late. 90s until they saw the animated uh, version of, of Superman when it was mm-hmm. them racing each other for charity, right? 
people got an idea of what he's about. Like I was a Batman who was introducing some like some nice characters that people think, oh, that's a nice Easter egg there. That's a nice nod. Even though it was around the Batman universe, because Batman's universe is freaking massive, but it was introducing people through that way to people that, that people that are not aware of it or not into you know haven't got that big comic book knowledge the movie people now think of it let's see of us now all of us here we're all head honchos with the execs all we're thinking about is money they don't care how it's done you understand and where it's not if it's not executing the right particular way they will complain and just make some decisions look at the decisions they've made of recently let's say in the last two years they completed Batgirl but cancelled it and just used it as a tax rebate to get money back. Mistake. They released Blue Beetle instead of it make instead of it being a HBO Max film. They thought it didn't have a cinema release. Mistake. Uh, what else have they done that uh, that we can think about as well? Um, I'm I'm gonna say hey right here right now. I am terribly worried about the decisions that John um, James Gunn is making for introducing these particular upcoming movies and, and events and shows. I'm not gonna front, I'm not gonna lie. Superman Legacy, it may be it may be a good idea for everyone. It's really got too many characters in it already. That's already, that's, I'm saying it now, it's gonna bomb. Yeah. I'm saying it now. Go on, you guys. All right, I got, a, <laughs> I, got, I got a couple of points. You guys mind if I talk? Yeah, yeah, sorry, go on, go on guys. No, 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 not, not all, I didn't, I didn't wanna interrupt you. <laughs> All right, he'll be back. Anyways, that's 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 a lot to man. That's a lot to unpack. There's there's a lot of things there. Um, with with what you guys were saying about them not following through on the visions, I think it might have been behind the scenes impossible for them to do. Between uh, Warner Brothers being bought up by AT and T, the Discovery going through uh, Jeff Johns, and I can't remember the other guy, and then uh, Hamada, and now we're finally with. Uh, Gun and uh, I can't remember the other partner, but there's so many executives Stop, that just keep. Yeah, thank you. There's so many executives that keep handing off the football to the next guy that there's no consistency uh, between here and, and sometimes it 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 almost seems like they're they're turning around and saying, "Well, that guy got it wrong. Here's my idea," and they're they're trying to retcon previous things, and it just doesn't make sense, and it causes more issues. So uh, the behind, I think you can make a movie about the making of these movies. There's been so much yeah. behind the scenes stuff. Uh, that's my two I cents on that. I would love to do a documentary. That would be awesome. Same. So because I, I've been there since day one and I've got certain things tucked away about what's been going on behind the scenes. And yeah, it's, it's not, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. No, I don't imagine. And for the record, I, I, I've got faith in James Gunn that I didn't think Guardians of the Galaxy would work. He took a comic book team that, and I read them, I, I didn't really think they were fantastic. And he made you fall in love with a talking raccoon in a tree. And I can't tell you how many times I cried during that last movie, but it yeah. was way, it was way too many. That man took me on a roller coaster of emotions. Okay. Um, I hear you. He, but he could take. was rubbish for me. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. They will never, ever survive against Star of the Conqueror. Realistically. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 I, yeah. Especially, look, 
And they I respect your your I respect your biggest gripe is that they wouldn't last against a giant interstellar starfish. Like that's unrealistic. <laughs> that, even, even in the movie, that one scene where they pan away to people watching and they're speaking in Spanish, like, what the hell is this? Like, it was just they, he he gets it. He gets that the concept is is crazy. I, I think with James Gunn, what you have is at the core a guy who's a fan. He can he can direct. I think he can he can write and he can if you give him uh, all these things, he can run with it. And not too many directors are like that. Taika Waititi, uh, I love Thor Ragnarok. Didn't really like Thor: Love and Thunder. The difference is he had more control over Thor: Love and Thunder. And I uh, I, I I think he does better when someone reigns me in like, okay, Taika. Maybe yeah. these 50 ideas that you're spitting out here might not work. We might need to narrow it down to just one. It's yeah. going to help yeah. with story. It's going to help well, with he, budget. He pretty much just said he was just in it for the money, right? <laughs> yeah. got to pay yeah. bills, man. you got to pay bills. But he did so, have more creative control on that one, Yeah, too. but that, mm-hmm. that's, the thing, that's the thing where I feel like Zach didn't have that creative, con- creative control. I disagree. With Man still, I feel like he did. I yeah, with Man still, yeah. but the, with the lead-up with BVS and... and the whole oh, sorry, Hugo is dying to speak. Uh, Hugo, say your two pens. Okay, Hugo, go, go, go ahead. Don't freeze. Why hate you? Uh, yeah, we can't hear you. Audio. Hugo. Oh no, now we can't hear you. Audio problems. Audio problems. I hate you, Hugo. Damn it! Told you all his hot takes. All of his hot takes. That's what it is. We can't hear you. You lost your voice. Is that is that it? You lost your voice. We go. Toggle, toggle, mute, toggle, mute. Well, no. Oh yeah, toggle the mute and see if actually that works. Start, start writing stuff out. Hold hold it up to the camera. That's what I said the last time. Whiteboard. Whiteboard. <laughs> I thought I was being original. Um, there we go. He's let's try it again. He's, we'll try it again. He's gonna try. He, we'll do. We'll he'll do it. He'll be back. He'll be back. We'll fix, yeah. we'll fix it in post, like yeah. how Batman v Superman. James Gunn had had or like Justice League, League, take out the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we got you. Okay. I think. Okay, I, I have to go. say, like, talk, talk Studio is so weird. <laughs> I don't have this problem on any other streaming <laughs> software. Okay, right. The uh, first of all, there's what Taika Waititi said, and there's what actually happened. I I, I think a lot of the problems with Full of and Thunder uh, is actually less to do with with um it, it's in part to do with what we were just saying about um uh him being left to it but in general marvel keep a tight rein on uh, their movies right phase one phase two phase three mm. that's what they tend to do um kevin feige is like directly involved with pretty much each and every project um that's what he does here they have people talk about studio interference they probably have the most student interference. Um, the way I put it before is like for the greater good, so to speak. They have a narrative that they want to tell. Phase four and five, well, less five, but more four, not so much. Uh, they have so many projects on their plate. Kevin Feige is now delegating and he is not keeping tight control over things. And that's why certain things are not tying up uh, between different movies. Um, they're being flooded. He didn't have much control. Bob Chapek was uh, in control. It doesn't give him the kind of uh, uh, um, the kind of free reign that Bob Iger used to give. 
But with everything that happens, and this mm. now kind of like now get into the whole DC side of things, I, I feel like Tanner really hit the nail on the head in that no one has actually executed a vision. When you start executing a vision, it's not gonna you're not gonna see the results in one movie, two movies. It might be two, three years before we see like the get falling to a rhythm. So I don't believe that the way Blue Beetle was released was a mistake. I, I don't think now is the time that we would see that. I think we still have to wait for things to build up to see uh, um, under the new control and things like that, how are things going to work? Um, yeah. Just like, you know, The Flash was released, I don't know, how many months after James Gunn uh, took over? Of course, we're not going to see the results of uh, James Gunn's lead from that. It's going to be years. Even now that uh, Bob Iger is now in charge of uh, Marvel and things like that, we're not going to see the results immediately. We're only going to see the results in like two, three years. James Gunn's first Superman movie probably is not going to make all the money. But if it's very good, it will start a cycle of people beginning to trust and word of mouth, and it will uh, continue to kind of improve. So... I think we're used to seeing where Marvel is in its uh, when it's in its rhythm, and we're expecting things should just make all the money just like that. Uh, I don't think that is a key like criteria for it to be um, successful in the early stages. The other thing is, I used to have the same view as what a couple of you mentioned about building up to the characters, right? Um, Michael, you mentioned about uh, Batman animated series, Superman animated series before he gets to Justice League and things like that. Obviously, Marvel did a similar thing. Iron Man, Cap, uh, well, Incredible Hulk, uh, Thor, Cap, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Within Iron Man 2. But the issue was more like what Tanner was saying in terms of not one vision being actually held onto and pushed through. Iron Man 1 didn't make all the money. It was hugely successful, but it was, I, can't, I can't remember, like five, six, uh, five, six hundred or something like that worldwide, I can't remember. But it was the build-up and execution of the vision and um, that, you know, it eventually got people excited. It's about writing good scripts. Uh, it being directed well, it being written well. The reason why, for me, Batman v Superman didn't work like it ought to was because of badly uh, it's a badly written movie. Man of Steel, I think I enjoyed it. I didn't like it as much as the original Superman movies. I openly admit bias towards um, I, there's a heavy nostalgia bias for me, and so I try to take that into account when I watch it. So I know that objectively, Man of Steel is a good movie. There are certain things I disagree with, but it's still a good movie. And they had something to build off from that. If they did let Zack Snyder go with his vision and just build on what he's doing, I think it would have been a successful franchise. It doesn't need everyone to like it, but I think it would have been a successful franchise. But because they react immediately, oh, that was a mistake. This was a mistake. Oh, we better change this and that and that and the other. Let's have this. And then uh, they make certain mistakes. It was more evident in the first in the theatrical release of Justice League. I know there are lots of other things behind the scene. Um, future, you're going to know like far more about what was actually going behind the scenes. We know, um, uh, um, you know, the reasons why they had to bring Joss Whedon and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they 
made certain decisions as a reaction to people's reactions on Batman v Superman and uh, and try to correlate that with Marvel and try to change things instead of just executing on the vision that they had, which I believe would have worked. It doesn't need to have, you don't need a movie to introduce all the characters and in individual movies to get there. Guardians is a great example. I loved what you said, Tana, again, because I've literally used the exact words that you said where I never Marvel, no, please do not do this. I didn't want them to do that. I was loving the Marvel the way it was. And I'd seen Guardians in the cartoon. I was like, I'm fine with that. It works in the cartoon. But James Gunn knew how to bring them in and they became my favorite characters from there. I'm thinking, how did he do that? Because he wrote the characters as well. They were introduced in this same movie along with all the other guardians another superhero team where it was by from the first feature you've got to enjoy them uh the boys right the seven i was already like right dug in there with both the boys and the seven oh there he goes oh, oh there he goes okay well he's got i was so now that we have a break i just want to uh quickly say about about james gunn if, if you watch that guy draws from the source material even the suicide squad the shirt rick flag was wearing is the spoiler alert the same one that he dies in in the comics it's the same color and the, and the same everything J james gunn goes to the source material the and then tries to draw things from that and, i mean i mean I, I don't mind them going to the source material, but I feel like when you add your own little take on it, a little spin on it as well, too, it, it adds a little bit of creativity to the movie. Yeah, I would say, actually, and I would agree with that. I think when you when you talk about, actually, the creative process, it's funny, Hugo, that you say, that you bring up the example of Iron Man, a, a movie that was famously still being scripted as they were filming, and there was a lot of improv. So I think there's something to be said. I think, actually... There's a lot of mixed things, I think, with what happened with DC and what happened with Marvel. And let's call it what it is. What happened with Marvel was lightning in a bottle. I think there's not enough credit given to the fact that what Marvel accomplished, even with the planning that they did do, everybody seems to think that there was a direct trajectory plan and that there weren't modifications along the way. There were modifications along the way. They probably had a pretty good vision of like, hey, we want to get to to we want to get to Grimace at the end. We want to get to Grimace all the way at the end, but how do we get there? And they had to make modifications on the fly. So it's not that they, you know, there's a difference between a knee-jerk reaction and, and making a complete course correction yeah. to saying, hey, we probably need to tweak this a little bit or do this a little bit here and make changes, you know, like do do a couple of tweaks here and there to help the product along. The other thing that I think actually a lot of people miss is that it's it's hard to thread that needle when it comes to a franchise. If you are a regular moviegoer, like I, I want to say that the Marvel Marvel's success is also spoiled by the fact that it has a built-in audience that is used to serialized storytelling. You have one comic book that has the story starts here that ends up in 10 other comic books and other actual that other titles and you basically you're still collecting all of them we're used to that if you're if you grew up on comic books and you read comic books you would that's the way you you can have 
Infinity War here, and you can have uh, 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 Captain America's tie-in here, and Captain Marvel's tie-in here, and Iron Man's tie-in here, and you would still collect all of them because that's part of what, what helps your experience in reading all of this together. It's very hard to take that and put it into a movie kind of into into cinem into a cinematic what? because then at that point you it's very easy to take one movie and we'll go back to the first we'll go to back to man of steel man of steel is an example of you could very easily take man of steel completely out of the context of a shared universe and just say that's a superman movie here's the beginning here's the interpretation of this version of superman here's the beginning here's the end you don't have to you don't have to go ahead and actually go into any expanded universe and you can close it right there yeah, that's the, yeah well, you can that, you yeah. can do that in terms of what you're saying yeah when marvel i can't believe we were refer referencing them even though this is dc related yeah <laughs> when you watch a marvel film yeah it felt for me I don't know, I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, it felt like I was reading a separate comic. It felt like, okay, and it felt, every single film felt like its own separate comic. You understand? So yeah. when we watched Iron Man, it felt like its own separate comic, but we had, okay, this is Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2. So it felt linear in terms of that phrase of Iron Man. But when mm -hmm. we watched it in comparison to, let's say, uh, Incredible Hulk, the feel and vibe is completely different. From that film, that's that but film. that's the that's the point I'm yeah. trying to make is that that's what I'm trying to say is that you could have Infinity War could be its own main line story and we yeah. know that because Marvel has been doing Marvel and DC have been doing yearly and over yeah multiple multiple big events big tie-in events and then actually they have their yeah, sorry big 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 mainline events and then the tie-ins that's yeah. what the movies feel like is that you have you know the three the through line of Infinity War. But Guardians of the Galaxy over here doesn't really tie in like doesn't doesn't they don't tie in the characters literally until Infinity War. Yeah. Like yes, they they have tangential connections, but it isn't until Infinity War where you have the Guardians of the Galaxy meet Thor, and that's when actually they're tied in. And that's what I mean with that is that we are, a comic book readers, we're used to that. Most people aren't actually. Most people are not used to just having it. Like we're used to franchises. Don't get me wrong. We we understand the concept of a franchise. But if you it, it's it's like taking saying hit say, say for example you have Rocky and you're gonna have movies about Rocky and then turn around and let's say for example you have a movie about um, you know any other a character and then eventually you're gonna put them all together at the end. The fact that you would have to say, I have to watch these three different franchises, one about Rocky, one about a swimmer, and what about actually about a, a, a about a, a, a race car driver, and then at the end you're going to come back and coalesce them all together, that's not normal. People would, not, people would be like, what are you talking about? Why do I have to watch the race car driver uh, movie when I just want to watch Rocky over here? And that's I want to that's see, I I see this movie now. I want to see it. Honestly, yeah. I'm into what? whatever's going on there. Well, well, Rocky uh, fights a race car driver? Well, from the first, from the what? first. Why? <laughs> he has to do it on the track every time he drives around. That's the movie. That's, pitch it. Pitch it. Film it. Shut Just up and it. take my money. <laughs> I was, I just, but I just, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get off of my little, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll get off my little soapbox with just saying that it, it just, I just want to make, I just want to point out that it's very hard 
to release a movie that can stand on its own and yet also be part of a franchise or part of be part of a shared universe. Because if you want to be successful, like I said, you can end Iron Man 1 at the end. If you don't have that post-credit scene, you could start and watch that movie from start to finish and have a and have a complete story arc with no problem. Does it add to it that you add more movies? Absolutely. Exactly. But that's the the success is can you watch can you have somebody sit in the theater say, "Cool, I just watched this movie. I'm good." I can. I'd love to see more, but I'm okay if it ends here. Well, and that's, that's the thing that's too. I find with Madison. This is why, um, this is if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen um, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, you would have never known that uh, Martian Manhunter was in Man of Steel. But they never gave him that chance to even build up the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get to that point where you got to see Martian Manhunter. I have my I have my thoughts about that Man, Martian Manhunter thing. That I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm, like, so uh, I got sorry. Um, I just got a couple of points about what Dom said there. If you guys, anyone mind? Um, so Dom, you you touched on a uh, built-in audience at one point, and just to uh, just to speak about the DC again, with James Gunn shutting down Henry Cavill coming back as Superman, for now, they got rid of a lot of that built-in audience, which Agreed, yeah. Uh, yeah, which was it's either going to be the dumbest move ever. Or I guess we'll see if it's the smartest move ever. And the second thing I wanted to put it out to you guys is one thing that I think uh, DC has over Marvel is DC has conditioned us to not really care when they change actors around. Like in the, in the flash, we thought we saw three different Batmans. And if you didn't stay for the end credit scenes, you're only thinking that you saw two Batmans. There's, they brought in three yeah, different back, Batmans. They were like, okay, this is, this is normal. Whereas with the, with the MCU, if they, if they tried to change around Thor or anyone like that, there, there's usually a stink. Like, uh, even within in, uh, in continuity characters, when, uh, when they made Falcon Captain America, that caused a huge uproar for all sorts of I hated, reasons. I hated, uh, I hated them rushing the Flash, yeah. uh, um, um, Flashpoint um, storyline. Yeah. So I guess my, my question for you guys is, do you think... I think... So, Ugo? I, just, I, I just wanted to say, my question for you guys is, do you, think it's, do you think it's a strength, or it's going to detract that the DCEU has made everyone so interchangeable, character-wise? I, um, I, I think it's just um, incidental. that they, I don't think it's them actually conditioning us to change characters i think it's more that it's it's there it's there far from home so to speak yeah. they were bringing different versions of, of batman that people have been used to as opposed to okay it's it's kind of a lack of success that is that is if they had some success and continuity then they would try to keep that continuity but but they haven't yet so th i think that's why and in, in the flash in uh, flashpoint that was basically um, it was there far from home, uh, kind of banking on nostalgia. Um, but I mean, I believe that you see the whole thing about the serialized stuff. The um, what what people don't realize is, I reckon everyone would enjoy comics if they could get past the the you know the, the typical way that it's looked at socially. Uh, it, it's it's been changing, but um, the ser that serialized thing, people don't realize how smart the storytelling is generally from comic books. And Marvel brought that to the fore so that we could actually see it, the thing that what Don was explaining. 
I believe that James Gunn truly in his being understands that. And that's why we're going to be able to, uh, that's why I'm looking forward to it. I think he understands that and he wants to bring those in, whether it's animated or um, live action. Right? Agreed. I think we're going to see yeah. that. Okay. Personally. Yeah. It's going to take time. Story, I told you so. And when like you I said, and people shouldn't react. No, and I think Superman, Leg if when Superman Legacy comes out, do not expect it to be $1 billion. No, and I don't, and don't expect that. that if that doesn't happen. Yeah. And it would still be a success. And that's the thing. Well, the thing it doesn't it, have to be. For me, I'm not expecting it to bang in terms of bucks, in terms of money. I'm expecting it to bang in terms of story. Mm. I'm expecting it to bang in terms of yes. action yep. and uh, acting. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's what I'm taking by. You understand? Yeah. I was. I, yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. give a fuck about the box office. What that's saying. I give a fuck about quality. Mm. You understand? If you're not giving me quality, I will complain. This mm. is why exactly. when I'm seeing people when they say, "Oh, we've yeah. got." Shaira, uh, star, um, hawk girl. There, we've got Metamorpho. We're doing it with the 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 machinist, the the, the new villain, the, the engineer, and we're doing this. We've got that. We've got this. We've got that. African blood fire. We've got so many characters. Okay, should I panic now, or should I just hold my breath and wait to for something to come through? No, no, no. See, that's so that. Well, the reason I'm not worried is the boys again is a great example. The boys, Guns of the Galaxy, yeah. In how many characters did Invincible introduce in episode one? Yeah, and I is it, was in that's everything that was going on. Because, yeah, but I would this is why I stress episode one, I was already wrapped in all the characters and what they were doing because they were written well, the story was written well, the characters were written well. It is entirely possible to have a half an hour for someone to create a half hour feature and get you interested in a bunch of characters when season before one, the first before came out, was everyone what? including myself including myself including myself was also saying that avengers can't work too many characters because we associated too many characters with failure because of spider-man 3 you're like four characters like uh, you know two bad guys that's too much but we've now seen from like uh, from experience that it just takes good writing to make it work um, even when you're building on character. So I, I do believe that is a matter of quality rather than number of characters. I don't think number of characters is even a, uh, um, an issue here. If you want me, to focus on some characters. characters. For, okay, see this way, yeah. We're all, okay, I'm not acting, I'm not, I'm not treating no one as dumb, okay, where, I'm, where I say this, yeah, where I mentioned, okay, Superman Legacy, Shara, Shara Hall, Hawk Girl, yeah, we, People know her origin. Well, we know her origin, her background that way. Yeah. She's from Fanegar. She's a Fanegarian that's coming to Earth. Then we've got Metamorpho. Yeah. Rex. He's another person. He's, an, he's a person that comes across and becomes Metamorpho. And how, and for me, I might have to think to myself, okay, cool. Michael, don't overcomplicate things, but they, they're doing things midway. And bear in mind as well, for what I'm understanding of the story, Superman's on the hunt. People are on the hunt for Superman because apparently he's the he's looked he's shunned upon in a negative light. So again, the government's after him in a particular way. They had to fit in these characters. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, cool. From what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, two plus two is not equal. Two plus two is not equal four. All I'm seeing is equaling all of a sudden ten, which doesn't make sense to me. Well, the only counter argument uh, I would have, uh, the yeah, only counter. <laughs> 
Yeah, the only thing I would say counter argument to that is you could look at you could you could take that approach, or you could look at a movie like Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is an ensemble cast with a whole mess of fantastic characters, actors, and they make it work in that two-hour span. Good writing can do that. Now, will every character yeah. get a get a a monologue? Absolutely not. So it really depends on how layered they're putting this thing. Because, like for example, I I like I as a comic book fan, I liked um, Adam Warlock. I I've been a fan of Adam Warlock. Yeah. Did I like his specific the way they introduced him in Guardians of the Galaxy three? Not really. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I it, I wasn't a fan. Um, and I'm sorry, we keep we keep deviating to Marvel, but I feel like that's actually sort of like to, to make up just for points. You, you can't just, you can't talk you, about one without the other because you can exactly post them to each other. Exactly, but but I but I say that to say that you he was his 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 story arc in the movie doesn't deter from nebulous story arc. It doesn't deter from rocket story arc. It doesn't deter. And again, there's a lot of there's a lot of arcs there. Um, Groot has it. I mean, well, to some extent, Groot has a story arc. But um, uh, you know, Mantis has a story arc in that movie. So does Rocket. So, is it Rocket's movie? Yes. But then after that, you have all these other characters in there who have a story arc. So I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, there's too many, and that's going to be actually that's going to be detrimental. It's more of a. I, I understand that I understand also the, your your concern because I will say that the same thing that you're saying is the issue I had with with Black Adam. I said, mm. why are all these and and they did nothing with Black Adam. They all these other characters were just there, and I'm just like, Cyclone is there. Because with with great. what what one of one of my biggest hangups with uh, with Black Adam. Oh, sorry, go on. Tanner, hold on. You go go. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say. Basically, it was just it was just to Michael's point again, because you, you're you're saying this because with hindsight, you know the depth of the characters and things like that from all the comics. But when Guardians Rocket, they wrote him well enough in that movie for you to be intrigued by him, for you to know that he's been thrown away at some point, and mm -hmm. uh, he carries this chip on his shoulder, and it carries through and through his that. Dude, even yeah. in episode two, uh, sorry, in uh, uh, the second one, you still didn't know. Oh, it's two, it's yeah. only by the third one that we went into a storyline. Same thing, a uh, similar thing with Gamora, only by Infinity War that we went really went deep in. We just got hints, it was written well enough so that we could care about the character and uh, their motivations mm. and acted and well enough. Like let's that. give care, let's we give credit to the actors and acted well enough. Yeah, yeah. actors as well did oh, good, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, Every, everything came together. So with each of these, I think we don't need to be overly concerned about them explaining everything. Just like right now, we have hindsight with the boys, right? Someone, uh, now I can imagine, uh, so I read the comics of the boys, but series, and someone's gonna start a movie and they're gonna have all these characters. I could be worried about, man, there's a whole depth to A-Train that, they wouldn't explore if, if if they did this and that and the other. And with Black Noir, there's a whole thing with with uh, uh, with Soldier Boy and all this stuff. How are they gonna? Why are they bringing him in now when they could do it in later? But it's the way that they're introduced, the way that they write the story, give it quality there and then. They can always delve deeper into characters. So I don't think it's about 
the number of people or how new. Civil War is a great example. I, I was scared. Two of my favorite characters, Spider-Man and Black Panther, introduced in the one movie. Again, they managed to make it work in the story. It wasn't the focus wasn't on them, but enough for people to be mm. interested to see them through into other movies. But that's why I'm not worried. Ed, you be quiet. It can be bad. I, like, I was about to say, I want to hear from Ed. I want to yeah. hear from Ed. Hey, yeah. Ed, <laughs> it's quiet. Hi, Ivy. <laughs> Ivy. Froze. Uh -oh. oh, he froze. Darn it. Oh, is no. he, has he got Ugoism Ed, as well? You're, yeah? you're gone. You're uh, gone. It's, you got to stop using a toaster and bubble gum as your great. internet connection. Nah, it's Talk oh, Studio, Ed. man. Don't have this on any other. <laughs> okay. No. We could have just weakened at Bernie's no. for a second there. Like, no. Kenny was still talking. Kelsey, did, okay, no. while, we, while, while we wait, there are two things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I, I already addressed one with you uh, during the week. Uh, the one about Zach reaching out to James. Um, I, I guess potentially working in his new DCEU. What's your take on that? Yeah, there's there's no foundation for it and there's no plans for it because he has d divorced himself from WB and DC. Now he, he no longer has any established contacts. Yeah. So... I would, I would venture, yeah, I would venture that that would be he's done with that for now. I feel, I feel like that would be, and it makes sense. I think actually for him, for a creative, why would you want to? That was a that was a bridge that's burned already for you. Why, why would you try to go revisit that? WB, after granting him the funds to finish the ZSJL VFX, they cut contact as soon as it dropped. No further contact. No mm. checking in, no checking to see if mm. they were okay with everything. As soon as it dropped, cold contact. So oh. there is no good blood between the parties anymore. Wow. I think the the second thing was, I saw today, I saw today that they wanted to revive the, the Snyderverse on Netflix or there's talks about it. Is there any validity to that uh, conversation? Everyone, Don't say that to make it relevant because of Rebel Moon. Everyone is misinterpreting that kind of wildly because what they're talking about is they're talking about licensing those properties, which means they're taking the existing right. films and streaming them on the service, which is actually happening right now. Right, because yeah. Because you guys have noticed, Man of Steel, yeah. BBS, et cetera, is on Netflix. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So I... In the States, are, anyway. People well, are misinterpreting that very UK, well. I'm not really sure right why, now. but mm. yeah, the, no, the, the, there is no Netflix is not purchasing the DCIP 
to make any further projects. Okay. Sorry, Ed, you got you got cut out there for a second. You want to continue? Um, yeah. Where where did I drop off? <laughs> um, you were talking about uh, the rewatchability of BBS. Yes. Yes. Uh, sorry, uh, my screen froze up again. What was that <laughs> the extra thirty-two minutes of? Well, you were saying, uh, you were oh, saying yeah. that with um, the, yeah, yeah, so like with the, 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 yeah, the director cut of Batman versus Superman, they added yeah. thirty-one minutes, which actually gave more depth to Clark Kent as a character, and which I think added to the movie. And that's really some of the parts we were missing from Man of Steel, and also when you look at uh, Justice. Have. Justice League and the Zack Snyder's cut where it ends up being four hours. I was fully entertained for four hours. I sat there, watched the movie, start to finish. Bro, and I, I ordered a bucket of wings <laughs> to the ball Sprite. I was there fully. And the thing is that, that I love the fact they fleshed out Cyborg. Jesus Christ and Nazareth, that was beautiful. What was your favorite? What was everyone's favorite part of that movie? Just Cyborg. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was cyber from beginning to end. What was your favorite? What was your favorite? You mean Snyder Cut? Yeah, Snyder Cut. Yeah. Do you mean the Snyder Cut? Yeah, Snyder Cut. Because my favorite scene was when very, very, yeah, when yeah, that's that. That that was my second. Yeah. Reason why that was my second. Yeah. Because I got yeah. Yeah. I got to show my boy again. This is how powerful the Flash is. He's walking, he's running forward. Everything's reversing back. Do you understand? Do you understand the mathematics of how powerful this guy is? People don't understand. Even when they okay, let's look at this. Go to the dog, the dog, the dog, the dog place where he was. As soon as he activated his powers, his trainers shredded completely. Let alone even putting a finger through the window. Like the bro, these are gods. Amongst men, literally, the flash is uncanny. Right. Even when he, the was it, the the Bria bricks were falling down onto the people, what did the flash do? Do, 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 do? Just across, running across. Just seeing that display of his abilities, yeah, made me happy as a flash stan, as a flash fan. Sitting like, look at this guy. He's so, like, not me. Me, like joke around with. Sorry, don't you go? I can go on forever about the flash. <laughs> <laughs> no, it I was love just that. Like, was like so for me. Yeah, it it was amazing. So for me, again, it, it comes down to like the writing uh, and things for me. Like the they've been amazing. My my favorite um, speed speedster scenes is still Makari, uh, and it will be Makari for the time being. But it's more, it's the drama of it. So they made the choice of making them lose, and that. And so it left us on edge. So it's not just, oh, look what Barry can do, but it's Barry has no choice but to make this work. It's something that he's tried to prevent himself from not doing. But and then there was the visual, um, uh, it was visually intelligent way of depicting him running back. So it's not just him running back in time, but he's actually running to the point as well as going back in time. So you're seeing the things that we dreaded happening going back in reverse. We're like, oh, phew, 
to. So it left us on edge. It was great writing. They actually made us uh, care. It, ma it made us care about the action. It was so it wasn't just empty action, right? Uh, say you know, like say Black Adam doing stuff that's like cool because it looks cool. It's just kind of empty. But when it's like uh, it's like it, uh, the difference between the airport scene in Civil War and the last fight with Captain America versus Iron Man. It's like when you have emotion and drama involved in it, it makes it that much more epic. So when The Flash was running back then, I was just like, I am so happy. It was very different to the original theatrical version. They had lost. They had actually lost. And then he had to go back and change that. And it wasn't overpowered. It wasn't like going back to, you know, 10 minutes ago, just a few seconds, just so that he can save it. For me, yeah. that was everything. Yeah, he did make a big giant machine and go back to the 70s, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Right, like you know, like a certain uh, CW. Yeah, they broke their universe with that. Um, just a quick uh, thing for my for, for, for the uh, for the Snyder ver uh, for the Snyder cut of Justice League. It's not necessarily um, what they added that I loved. It's it's the changes that they made to pre-existing scenes and that that prehistorical one where you, you had Zeus, Ares, all these people. Instead of Steppenwolf, it was now Darkseid that yeah. was fighting, and they're adding more to it. And I just, what I want, uh, when yeah. I watched the original, I just wanted to see more of this stuff. And they, they changed things around to make it even more enticing. Now I want to know, how did this guy forget where this planet is? The one planet that kicked his ass off of the planet. He yeah. forgot yeah. where it is? What's, what's the story behind this? It, it was just everything they added made uh built upon the original so much uh better because if you if you throw 31 more minutes into any movie uh in hindsight you're gonna you're gonna make a better movie but going back to retweak that stuff that we already saw in in subtle different ways and sometimes oh i'm gonna have more to grandiose ways what did you say uh kelsey i'm gonna have to correct you on that one bud zsgl is the original go on oh no <laughs> Go on. Yeah, ZSJL is what existed in 2017 before Joss Whedon took a hack job to it. Oh, well, I'm glad they brought it back. I'm yeah, absolutely 100% serious. But look at this way. Look at Cyborg's arc, how it got fleshed yeah. out properly in comparison to Joss Whedon's version. Well, was that, was that a personal thing with, with Ray Fisher or was that? Oh, that was personal. Oh, that was personal. Yeah. That was very personal. There was a whole... There was a whole, a whole lot. So I, uh, I fortunately had um, uh, there was I forgot what thing it was. Now uh, this is like twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. Got to ask Ray Fisher sort of question um, uh, based on the cyborg thing. I can't remember what it was, um, but yeah. It, 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 after that, I started actually following. What what's that app that? Die the death, the other Vero, Vimo, Vero, Vero? Yeah. what's it? The Vero, yeah. social media app, yeah, yeah. Um, started like uh, following some of the things, um, that was said. And after seeing the Snyder Cut, I was really, really quite horrified at what must have happened for the heart of the whole story to have been ripped out. Yeah, um, I'll go into I, a few of those details know. after everyone finishes here. Don't worry, hmm, I like to hear that, yeah. Kelsey. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Dom, what was your favorite scene? I got a hot take. My favorite part of the movie was the end credits. 
I I will be. I know I'm in the minority. I watched the movie. Uh, I sat there for the 17 hour cut of this movie, and I didn't. So just to be clear, it wasn't a fact that I didn't. I wasn't that I didn't enjoy it as much as I was more apathetic to it. I was just like, okay, that happened. Cool. No, no, like I, yeah, I just, that was, that was my, that was my reaction to it. I really, I, I like, there were certain things that at least from a, from a thread, like, and this is where I said, actually, when someone said, or when someone mentioned earlier about the Martian Manhunter thing, I really was just like that. I was like, I, I, I really did didn't care for from a storyline perspective. You sat on the sidelines yeah, yeah. and did nothing while the world was gonna burn, and you were just at the end. You're gonna be like, hey man, next time I got you, dude. I got you. I got you. Well, next time, that's his last. And well, so to be fair, he doesn't like fire, right? So. Uh, that's a, I mean that's that was assuming that there was going to be fire. He has he's done he, that in so many different versions though. Like he's he's all he's always hiding somewhere and then comes out. Like I've been here no, for ninety years. No, no. But see, let me tell you. Oh, 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 oh hold on. I got to correct you there for this. In the where they were you where you're thinking is in the Justice League actually the last season of Justice League Unlimited where mm -hmm. he makes a comeback and I will tell you that that specific that the way they wrote that specific character in that yeah. in that arc Chef's Kiss because he he did retire yeah. and he didn't he saw the world was going in going up in flames he basically tells this woman who he'd been living with for a while he's like listen I'm sorry I gotta go I gotta handle my business. And he shows up and it's basically like, I remember watching that episode and getting like teary-eyed emotional at what they did in that episode. That to me, I was just like, yes, absolutely. In this version where he's just sort of like, I get you next time, bro. I got you. I got. I mean, <laughs> next time. It, I got. It, like this time wasn't. Um, but next. So it was supposed to be John Stewart. No, no. I got. I got a new phone call. I didn't get your yeah. text. Uh, I didn't get the. I didn't get the, the phone call. I it was Sorry. To be John Stewart instead of Martin Manhunter, but they didn't Anthony's want to use correct. it. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. That that was that was. So again, I know it's a hot take. For me, I, it wasn't a case of just, it wasn't a case of me being like, oh, I don't like this movie. Not at all. I mean, for what it was, the future scene, to be honest, was intriguing to me. That was actually the dream sequence future scene with with Jared. And I know that people hate Jared. I don't. I honestly am in the vast majority of people that I'm just like, that's an interpretation of the Joker. I, I, can, I can accept it as a valid interpretation. But, yeah. Yeah, but ultimately, that's where I. I was about to support. I was about to support Dom until he started talking about Jared. <laughs> hot, hot takes. No, um, I got so hot takes for you. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. I I agree. I um. The thing is, I I think a lot of my friends actually think the same thing. I don't think that's actually even a hot take. But my question to you is, uh, do you what do you prefer it to the theatrical cut or not? Oh, 100 Um. I prefer it to the theatrical cut mostly because I think when it comes to the, um, I, I guess, and it's the point everybody else has made here so far, is that there were certain threads that weren't pursued in the theatrical cut 
that were here that at least added some, okay, cool. Now that makes sense to me. Whereas before it was just sort of left lingering. So that part of it actually I did enjoy. And like I said, and, 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 you know, the like uh, the things like they did the, 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 the changes that they made like to steppenwolf for example where they made him like they change obviously the facial stuff i was i was indifferent about it to be honest i was just sort of like steppenwolf in the in the comic books is a humanoid got a goatee kind of looking guy whereas actually in the com and where they made him more bestial in this thing cool that's wonderful great um, the the changes to the battle at the beginning with the Amazons and sort of the expansion of that the 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 uh, you know Wonder Woman's arc you know all of those things were like okay cool there's these little things here and there that finally have more connective tissue versus actually what they did actually in in the theatrical cut but uh, like I said as just a regular moviegoer. I can see where the theatrical cut, where they did what they did, because again, and this is no insult to anyone, but let's call it what it is. When it comes to entertainment, you it's just like when it comes to food. You can have somebody who loves, and this is not anybody, I love McDonald's, by the way. You can have somebody who loves McDonald's and has no problem eating McDonald's seven days a week. You can have someone who loves only eating at a steakhouse at a at a top tier steakhouse every day of the week there's there's flavors for everybody it's the same thing with movies you can have a movie that everybody thinks is eh mediocre and because it it, it doesn't challenge you intellectually it doesn't challenge you emotionally but there's an audience out there that that's what they want they want that slop they want just popcorn give me two hours of just me not thinking and 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 do that and so that's why i think when it comes to the theatrical cut i i i can understand where they decided hey we got to chop some of this stuff off because ultimately we got to make it palatable not only for this market but for these international oh. markets and all these people who, who don't have a discerning palate um oh, i gotta disagree with you i mean i gotta be build, honest with build, you that, that theatrical build on cut, that theatrical cut was a complete Wait, me, overhaul like, I, I i also it, it was. It was an overhaul. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But well, what, well, what you're saying is like they're, they're, what I, you're saying I, kind of kind of relates to to BVS, where the, where the the um, the extended version made more sense, right? There were pieces that where they cut, but the the, the Snyder yeah. cut, the Joss Whedon version, so, to me personally, was like a complete. You know what I mean? It, but it was. But that's what I'm saying. But there's 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 a version there of it. There's a ver there's a version that's what I would consider to be, and not to say it, it speaking to people's in intelligence more so than to people's consumption is that there is a dumbed down version of a superhero movie. But, and yeah, then there's well, actually there was like, someone who did a there was someone who did a TikTok and did the side by side of Avengers, first Avengers and um uh Josh Whedon's Justice League, and there was like like completely similar scenes from that movie, especially when Barry fell on uh, uh Wonder Woman. Yeah, there, there were so many scenes that he picked up from the first Avengers movie and just placed into here. So yeah, I feel like they're completely no. two different movies. But they, they are. The that's what I'm saying. But that's and, and exactly again, McDonald's and and a steakhouse. I will I will leave you with this because I know actually you guys want to jump in. I, I will leave you with this. It back in back in the nineties, if any of you guys ever watched the movie Spawn. Yep. The movie Spawn is a very Saturday morning cartoon version of that. If you read the comic book before you read watch that movie, you would be like, "What is this?" 
Why? Because there is a version that people can tolerate, which is what HBO did when they did the animated TV show. And then there was what they sent out to the masses. They said, this is what we got to do. We got to make it PG-13 and acceptable to sell toys. Mm. And bring in John so Leguizamo. Highlight of his career. So, like, I, 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 I both, I, kind of agree with you. You're froze. Both, right? So, don't about the doubles and things like that is correct, right? Am I good? Can you hear me? Sorry, repeat yeah. what you said, uh, Ugo. Okay, so the analogies about uh, the McDonald's and things like that—that that is absolutely right. However, what you're saying is also absolutely right you're freezing again but the thing is for me this just uh mcdonald's versus something else it was like um a burger from mcdonald's but like a salmon from uh, a really expensive seafood restaurant uh and then a little bit of uh sushi from a japanese like it was just a hodgepodge of things so like I, I feel like it didn't actually get any of those points spawn knew exactly what it was and it did all the things right same with other sorts of movies this to me seemed like a really obvious hodgepodge of things so i'm just like i i don't i don't even know what to do with this and and that i think that was uh that was my issue uh with the theatrical. oh you wait you're talking about the but snyder yeah. cut you didn't know you felt like it was too many things going on no you're talking about a joss whedon no, no, the oh. yeah the Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, cut, gotcha. Yeah, like it was really easy. You know how everyone knew exactly the point where the fantastic movie became a completely different movie. You can literally <laughs> see, see it with your eyes. It was like that kind of like just switching between different things. I'm just like, wait, this is Joss's movie. Oh, wait, this is this one's movie. It was just so weird. I could see the Avengers thing. The, the thing you said about the TikTok thing, it was really obvious on first watching. And it was really what well, you mean the mustache <laughs> but yeah uh okay, oh gosh no that's not even oh yeah that's Kel i'm sorry kelsey what what was that sorry justice league to you behind the go scenes on it. yeah let's go i'm ready i want to i want to hear it i want to hear like, it like wait send it this is Spill how it. this whole debacle came to be because everything was on track to the early 2017, everything was on track. Everything was wrapping up, almost done. The, the film was essentially finished. Like ZSJL, it was done in 2017. It was essentially done. It just needed the final VFX work. That was it. So right as they're about to head into post, all of a sudden we have the Snyders experiencing their family tragedy which I'll remind everyone, if, in case anybody isn't aware, social media jumped on to celebrate the death of his daughter. And they still do to this day. I'm not joking. Wow. So in case anybody's wondering why exactly us, the Snyder fan base, is a little aggro sometimes, that would be why. Because you have hundreds and hundreds of people online mocking the death of a child you you had you had people in the industry you had comic professionals you had movie professionals anything celebrating the announcement that he was stepping down while full knowing why he was stepping down so in case anyone's looking for explanations as to why a certain fan base is the way it is 
look into the history a little bit. That, that'll get you your answers. So that happens. He and Debbie try to see the end of the movie through. And unfortunately, they just cannot do it. And honestly, I don't blame them whatsoever. I don't know how I would stand the death of a child. I, I don't know how I would withstand that. So they step down and the execs, which would be Toby Emmerich and Walter Hamada, say, this is our moment. This is our chance. They permanently oust Zach and Debbie from their positions as director and producer and bring in their supposed golden calf, Joss Whedon, who, might I remind everybody, was blacklisted already at that point in time. He, the whole whisper network about his behavior, all the, going all the way back to Buffy, was well known, well known. And he was already on the outs in 2017. And yet, Toby Emmerich, good old boy that he is, decided, that's our guy. That's what we're going to do. So they bring him in. They lie to the public and say, Zach handpicked him to finish his film. That was a lie. Zach had no input whatsoever in that decision. That was entirely Toby and Walter. Wow. Then when they try everybody out at uh, Comic-Con, I was there, I was in Hall H for the whole Justice League panel, got the pictures to prove it. Um, they make sure the cast still under NDAs says, uh, the reshoots were minimal, if anything. That that was that was the quote that everybody was was supposed to trot out. Uh, that was also a lie, because Joss, good old boy that he is, reshot seventy five percent of the film. Not kidding, seventy five percent. That's all the good little one liners. That's all of the pratfalls under Wonder Woman's boobs that uh, Gal Gadot actually refused to shoot. So that is actually her stunt double in that scene. So, uh, oh, and he uh, threatened her to shoot that scene and she managed to still get out of it. So that set was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. I don't know if anybody caught uh, Affleck's quote about um, almost driving him to uh, suicide. So that was fun. That, that was a great time for everybody involved and especially Ray Fisher. We'll, we'll just skate over that a little bit, but uh, yeah. Joss Whedon is a monster is putting it lightly. We'll say that much. He like, he, he got along great with Toby and Walter because that's the sort of company they keep, but made it life hell for everyone working on that set during the reshoots. So that whole thing goes down, constantly lying and covering their asses uh, to the public and all in the name of getting that thing in the can to get everyone their end of your bonuses. That was it. That, that was why they couldn't just, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's get, let's give the Snyders a little bit of time to grieve, get everything together. Maybe we'll, we'll let them, let them come back and finish. Because if they had done that, we wouldn't be here today. Mm. That's, that's the whole truth of it. If they had literally pumped the brakes, Said, okay, let's let's have our DC movie of the year. Let's have it be uh, Wonder Woman. That that that'll be great. And Wonder Woman was great, great film. Did great financially, critically, whatever. But uh, no, they wanted two for one, and that was their downfall. 
So if they just pumped the brakes and said, okay, we'll let um, Zach and Debbie grieve properly, come back when they're ready and finish the film, but no. We're gonna bring in the uh, black stain of the industry and put his name on the movie and blame it on Zach when it fails. So there you go. That was that was the whole procedure of 2017. So that's a lot like to say that yeah. even even with the reboots. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Heavy. Yeah, it it was not a fun time for anyone involved. Well, it sounds like Josh Whedon has set the bar yeah, real good. low, so James Gunn's got nowhere to go but up. Pretty much. This is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I didn't I'm know. glad that Joss Whedon is finally ousted as he should be, but um, I'm I'm angry at what it took to get there. Because that that's crazy. It's it's crazy how this behavior just seems permissible in that industry, and as as long as they're making money or they're talented or whatever, people seem to overlook a lot of really shitty behavior that I haven't seen uh, in in my background, what I, what I did for 20 years, I get stomped out real quick. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot to take in. My God. Jeff Johns well, is will... also part and party to all that. He's, he's in the same boat as Whedon. So um, there's a whole whisper oh. network about him too. Jesus. So I feel, I feel like even I, uh, with the reboot, I, I, I didn't know. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What? Uh, no, all, all I was going to say is like, I, I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. So what Chris is saying about uh, Joss, like I didn't know the things about Joss until after the theatrical release for Justice League. That's when I, I mean, I didn't really watch Buffy uh, back in the day anyway. I'd seen like a couple of episodes. So it was, it was just after that, that uh, when I started hearing about the things that were happening whilst filming Justice League, like the Gal Gadot stuff and the, the fact that she refused, all, all that kind of stuff. It was just from there that I started to hear about, about that and what happened in Buffy and all this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was weird, and it's a shame it took all of that. But also, unfortunately, and really sad to say, I um, I don't think it's even just this industry. I think we see it in this industry because when it finally comes out, it's like big news because it's a Hollywood thing and whatnot. But in so many other industries, including the one I work in, you see things that are kind of kind of shoved under the table because money is being made, kind of thing, or yeah. a bonus will happen, or like people doing crappy things, um, whether it's as crappy as that, or or other, th or maybe lighter but just still crappy from a work perspective. But, yeah. See, that's why I can't say enough good things about Ray Fisher, because of the cast, he had the most to lose, and yet he's the one mm. who led the charge to hold Whedon and all of his associates accountable. So, so what I, happened to Ray Fisher after? Yeah. Hmm? What happened to uh, what happened to Ray Fisher afterwards? What, did everyone celebrate him, or did he get shit on and blacklisted in the industry? I wasn't really uh, tracking he's not what happened to him after. So, so that, that's good. But the problem is, uh, fandom and social media branded him a diva and said, mm. you're causing problems. Yes. You're, you're disrupting my enjoyment of yep. tape shit. Mm. You're, you're making this hard for me. You're, you're being annoying. 
And it's like, this is yeah. real life, guys. That this is actual real people and real life. You you can put your cape shit on the back burner for five minutes to care about actual people, but apparently Twitter can't. So that's that's where we're at. And that's yeah, then that yeah. and that the that's and that's the unfortunate thing as to why I say what I said before about when it comes to entertainment. It really what it comes down to is consumerism, and and uh, you know not to get crazy sort of philosophical political kind of but that's the reality is that people actually that's why when you when people complain about the artistry of movies and 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 what's lost and how things are not the way they used to be and stuff like that ultimately what it comes down to is uh, i would i re always refer to um uh, a quote or a scene in gladiator where the where the the two senators are talking and they're talking about Joaquin Phoenix's character and the senator's like, oh, he's bringing the games back. And they're like, well, that's not gonna win the crowd over. And the other senator's like, no, it is. It's gonna win the crowd over because that's the mob. The mob doesn't care. They're entertained, they're fine. They'll be, they'll be fine because they're entertained. As long as they have something to entertain them and distract them from their crap, doesn't matter if, if, if everything is, is falling apart around them. If they're entertained, they will be okay. So that's the reason why in in transference, when you talk about some of these movies and some of these productions and specifically actually with these comic book movies, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, you know, when you talk about actually with what happened with DC, there's a lot of knee jerk reaction. It's the, that toxic environment, but there's also a knee jerk reaction to being like, it didn't make a billion dollars. We stop everything. We've got to go ahead and actually do this. It didn't make two billion dollars. Stop everything. And it's and and it's no longer being satisfied with saying, hey, I want to. Let's make a good amount of money. Let's make a good product. We don't have to make all the money. It doesn't have to be everything. Let's make. But the moment actually i feel like in its own weird way and i'm not just going to lay this on the feet of marvel let's call it what it is this is everything because i would actually even go as far as to lay this out the feet of the fast and the furious movies like fast and the furious and all the movies that have actually come out every time they hit a higher bar that's a bar that every studio now wants to make with any movie that's that's a that's a that's a ip that is that that it doesn't matter what the IP is, whether it's a Hunger Games or a Harry Potter or everyone now wants to be like it has. If it's not a billion dollars, it's crap. It's throw it out, throw it out, throw it, every the baby out with the bathwater. It's not hitting a billion dollars, and the, and that stifles the creative process because then at that point you don't want to take any risks whatsoever. You don't want to take any kind of creative risk. You just want to go with the safe bet. What's going to make people laugh? What's going to make people uh, feel something? And what's going to go ahead and actually make sure that they get in they, their seats into the their butts in, into seats? That's what mm -hmm. it comes down to. Good take, man. Um, yeah. When when the, when you're spending two hundred and fifty to three hundred million dollars, uh, they they are expecting to make a billion dollars on that. I think when you look at a movie like The Creator, which I'm not sure the box office on that right now, but it is gorgeous. That looks that looks like a four hundred million dollar movie made for what a budget of under ninety million. So yep. do, do yep. you guys think that you can make a, a DCEU or any comic book cinematic universe where it's 90 million per movie? If they could crack that formula and then pull in 400 oh, million. The, the I, have are, yeah, I have go, a go way. I have a way. 
I have a way. Don't hire don't hire every freaking top actor out there. There's a lot of actors out there that have actually exactly. that's how you kept that's how you kept the budget low. People people forget about with and and I'm sorry, we're gonna have to bring it back to the to the template, which no, is Marvel. Look at Marvel. Yeah. Look at who they hired for Thor. Look at who they hired for freaking like they, they got I they got Robert Downey Jr. on the cheap. They get Chris Chris um yeah. I was about to, Chris Hemsworth as a new actor and actually and Tom Hiddleston. All these folks, you I remember reading articles about the fact that Marvel was cheap. Marvel was like penny yes. pinching. But now yes. we're yeah. such we're at such a level that any any of these franchises, they have to have top, 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 top talent. And that right there is gonna eat most of your budget because you're having to pay that top talent money. You have Black to Adam. Black Adam. Look at Black yeah. Adam. Sorry, Ed, 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 what do you want to say? Okay. Well, here. Well, look. If you want to look at a D, keep it back into DC. Who would have ever expected the Joker to make a billion dollars on a seventy yeah, million dollar good. budget? Yeah. Now, they, yeah, if that movie made two two hundred million. It would have been a complete success, but it made a billion dollars. Right now, when Joker two comes out, will it ever hit that level, or will they just be happy to get an Oscar nomination? Like that's. The other thing when the Joker movies. That's like, true. I, speaking of, uh, and in terms of making, and again, like, it, it, can you make uh, a good DCU with low budget? Hundred, like, hundred percent, absolutely yes, because it still comes down to the writing and uh, engaging you. How how much was what was the budget for the first Matrix movie? Uh, oh, I can't remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab. 30, 30, 30 million. <laughs> Uh, between sixty, between sixty and sixty-five. Okay. Like, like in, in, the, in the Snyder first, who's the biggest actor though? Isn't it Ben? Yeah. I mean, like up to that point, up to that point, what, what has Henry been in? Was he? What is he in the two? No, days? Ben. Henry. Henry Three. hadn't been, but but we're we're talking about. Okay, so hold on. Again, let's talk about the beginning of that. So we have Suicide Squad. Who do we have on, as a as a marquee actor on that? Yeah, Suicide Smith. Squad or thus? Okay. Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. Squad. You got, you got, you got somebody like actually like like, and that's part of it. That's what, that's all of these things actually. These boxes that are checked is that you have to have, and if you don't have them as your as your main lead, you definitely want to have a, a, a um, an actor of a higher caliber on in the on the villain role. Birds of Prey. Who do you have as your villain as Birds of Prey? Ewan McGregor. So again, these the, are these the are not the these patriarchy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Those are you have to. Those are those are all draws. Those are all 100% draws. It's not the same as taking some actor, some barely, yeah. basically. I mean, I I will say that actually there was like you can look at Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher, who was in who was on Broadway. Yeah, that's actually that was one that they plucked out of obscurity. They said, hey, this guy actually we could pluck him out of obscurity. To some extent, I would say. He who shall not be named, who runs fast, was also sort of not really a a, a, a big name at the time. I think he he had done um, he was he was on a TV show, and then actually he was on the uh, uh, Fantastic Beast movie. So they plucked him out. You also have Gal Gadot, who was actually just coming off the Fast and Furious movie, so she was still at, at the beginning. So it wasn't like they got a big marquee names when they first started putting these together. But as time goes on, that's who they want to get. And not only that, but then you also remember the actors as well. There's actors out there who are just like, 
do I take a gig that will that has a multi-picture deal and can potentially give me Robert Downey Jr. type of money if I can if we can knock it out of the park? Exactly. That's yeah. it's the way it's, it's the way they'll it become superstars as they go along. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say like even with, that's why I mentioned the Matrix because besides the fact they had great effects even with the budget that they had, um, they they made it engaging enough. There are certain yeah. scenes that literally occurring in one room, and they made good use of it uh, and things like that. Um, a lot of the time, money uh money doesn't uh without any restrictions you don't put enough discipline into it um let's, let's, what's chris saying we really so, do need to like break out of temples that that much is falling asleep over there. the addiction <laughs> studio addiction to temples that needs to be broken wait <laughs> yeah go go for it <laughs> what, what was that <laughs> No, no, carry on, carry on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, we need to stop blowing up budgets to 500 million as a budget for a movie. Yeah. And we need to start scaling it way back. Uh -huh. that, that's, yeah. that's just the end. And, exactly. and not even not even for Cape shit, not even for the superhero movies, but just in general. Just, like, yep. the, the, the temple yeah. formula needs to be broken. It needs to be broken. Because at this point, yeah. that's all there is. That's all. That's all the industry allows. That that's all the room there is is for temples instead of indie films, instead of shorts, instead of one-off uh, original IPs. Yeah, talking about original IPs, there's nothing. That there's no risk taking from any company, from any studio. It's all let's let's make a movie about this uh, board game. Let's make a movie about this card game. Let's make a movie about this something or other. That, yes, yes. Let's make a movie about a race car driver and Rocky uh -huh. and a swimmer. <laughs> All together, <laughs> full circle. We're bringing it back. <laughs> I want to watch it. I want to rock your next fights on a racetrack. We are all going to fund Dom's movie. This is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm the only to fund <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm not. I will say I this. Volunteer I volunteer to be the race car. <laughs> yes, I, I will say this. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if in the future we see a Fast and the Furious Transformers crossover. Just saying. Just saying. That might happen. G.I. Joe's and Transformers are already bringing those guys together. That's true. Yep, that's yeah. true. Yeah, we just, need, I mean, we just need Vin Diesel to show up. <laughs> Somebody call me. Like, uh, What's the next movie? Take my now? money. Is it, is it like the actual crossover? Uh, I don't know. Transformers I don't know. and G.I. Joe? I don't, well, yeah. I don't think yeah, anything's at, been at, announced. Those, well, uh, at, at the at the end of the last uh, Transformers one, they brought in GI Joe in, in like a after credit scene. Mm -hmm. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't watched the last Transformers. Oh, wow. Him. Okay. Yeah. You, you know what? I liked it. I I liked it. Yeah. Me too. But again, with yeah. that franchise, in order for like, I was hating Transformers for a while. Like, I went from enjoying the first uh, the first movie to like. Oh no! Was getting oh, this internet connection transformed. Oh, it's back. It's back. And eventually, this is actually all right, right. Yeah. So eventually, it started to piss me off. But what did they do? They scaled it back. The bumblebee. Yeah. And I started to yeah. enjoy it. Again. When you scale it back and you focus it on the actual story and the development of the characters, it becomes far more enjoyable. Like, now like I can enjoy things like one, that. Lost Transformers movie. Like I, I will always love the 2007 one. 
it was that that was yeah. that was a good movie. Well, uh, yeah, the first yeah. one, right? But but the, yeah, yeah, the first one. Yeah, 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 I enjoyed the first yeah, yeah. All the rest of it. It's just like they, they what? Went what? Yeah, they started. I I liked Rise of the Beast a bit. Like I, I don't know if that's unpopular. I liked it. But I I did too. Oh yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Kelsey, I'm not a Pete I'm Davidson good. fan, but, but I like Pete Davidson as a hey, car. Hey, he did Kel great. Kel Kelsey, like what you like. That's actually that's my motto is don't yuck anybody right. else's yum. Sometimes exactly. people like things, and some people like sure. I don't begrudge anybody. Anybody that's like, hey man, I like you guys all really like you know the uh, um uh Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm that's great. I love that because that's an that's something. You having that enjoyment is 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 positive and great for me because it's something that you love. That's the way it should be. It's entertaining. You should be. You should feel good about seeing something like that and be like, "Yes, this is awesome." Versus it being like, you know, somebody turning around and being like, "Oh, you shouldn't like that" and whatever. No, absolutely not, man. You like it, cool, man. That's freaking awesome. I love the fact. I love that for you that you could have that enjoyment. Sure would love Dom, that. we're gonna need that positive attitude for car versus boxer. We're gonna need that. You gotta bring car, you gotta bring that car, positive car car yes. v boxer. Okay, car v yeah. boxer. Got it. That's yeah, that's the pitch. Yeah. Got it. That's pistons of justice. I don't I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. You know what? We'll Netflix Netflix buys everything. I'm sure <laughs> we can pitch it to Netflix. They'll buy it. We'll fix it in post. Exactly. Wait, what were you saying? You were saying before. Oh, me? What were you saying? Yeah. I, I was saying um, I wish you were saying Twitter had gotten before. Dom's memo 10 years ago. I got, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a tweeter. Yeah. yeah. You got to stay away from that. Twitter ain't the real place. You got to stay away from that. It's a lot of hate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kelsey, my question for you. I know you know a lot about the – or you're very – knowledgeable on the whole Zack Snyder uh, issue. Um, what about the David Ayer's Suicide Squad uh, like, cut that they're trying well, to release? The thing is, it, it exists. It has been screened for people. Not me. I haven't seen it. Um, but it is locked in the vault and will not see the light of day unless a miracle similar to COVID HBO Max dropping and requiring an exclusive uh, premiere event, something like that happening in sequence. It's mm. uh, until that happens, it is still in the vault. Would would it make them money? I feel like they would release it if it made them money. Well, that and there it is. There it is, I right there. So. Would it make them money? Probably not. It, it, it all depends. I, I, on don't, I think with the experience of the, yeah, because didn't that just didn't that cost them money in terms of the Zach? First of all, it cost them money the, in terms of the, uh, um, go on the HBO deal. Like they handed them a quick seventy mil budget to finish the VFX that went to half yeah. a dozen or more VFX houses that during the COVID shutdown. Mm. So that, that, that went to a lot of good people and did a lot of good work. Um, but it was made back immediately by the viewership numbers when it dropped on HBO Max. So it, it was kind of like a, okay. a break even. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I right. still don't know how that streaming model is profitable um, in terms it of viewership. Like, I don't say that much. Okay. 
All right, guys, not, I, have to ju- I have to I have to <laughs> jump off. Actually, I have to jump okay, off yeah, this yeah, podcast, but you guys were yeah. freaking... Yeah. I, yeah, I love, I love, I love you and you and you and you and you, all of you. I don't know where I am on the screen, so I'm just pointing at who are any direction. You guys are awesome. I, there might be actually somebody that might tag in after me. So um, I would say actually just maybe be on the lookout for that. Somebody might tag me out and, and tag in, but you guys are awesome. And I'm going to keep watching as I go take care of my stuff. Um, I think uh, Tatter had to leave as well too, right? I I, I also got to leave. So every everything everything that Dom said, who is directly above me right now, this guy, this guy, (laughs) this guy. Yes, yes, King. (laughs) No, this is this is a lot of fun. I've never I've I've never done this before. This is great. Really loved it. Uh, You guys are super knowledgeable, really passionate, and I appreciate a lot of the insights. So some of the stuff just blew my mind with with what you folks were. Next time were, we'll let we'll let Ed just lead the complete Ed, talk. Host, Ed will Ed, talk the whole time. Ed, 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 Ed is an, Ed is internet made out of a toaster and chewing gum. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the all, all the kids are home and everyone is streaming on their own devices. So ah, uh, the internet is streaming to them. You got it. You got it. You would have streamed good if it wasn't for those meddling kids. For those meddling kids. <laughs> So, so I, 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 I'm going to leave and saying I think we all can agree that there's a reluctant optimism for the DCEU. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, huge, I'm huge kind of fan. It has yeah. not been handled well thus far by its owners. Guns out, guns out. The, uh, yeah. Well, they know they know where to find my money, and my money can stay right here until they tell me. Until actually, I see something that's worth them give me giving them my money. It's called Booster Golden. He's coming. Yeah. I look forward to seeing Ugo's drip every single time when he gives us a discussion about about these shows and stuff. Ugo's drip. <laughs> no, that, it's, wait, uh, hold on. That guy. I'm, that guy right right over there. That guy. That guy yeah. all the way over there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you all so much uh, for joining us. All right. It's, conversation. Sorry, it's been a pleasure, you group of scholars. Have a have a good night. Did Take you want care. to say something, Kelsey, before we go? Oh, no, I was just saying, oh. I forget this is mirrored, so I'm like. Yeah, and that's what I had to keep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Going the wrong way. <laughs> I hope you guys have a good night. And have a safe one. I will catch up again on the next episode. All right. Absolutely. Cheers, folks. Good night, guys. It's a pleasure. Bye. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. See you all.